Good evening, Hampton Roads. Welcome to another edition of Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial information. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. Alongside me, as usual, CFP, Allison DeBrill. Together we come to you live every second and fourth Tuesday to dialogue with you, take your calls. If you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, jump on the phone lines, give us a call. All we need is your first name, city you're calling from, and no matter what Alice and I are talking about, if it's important to you, then it's important to us. We'll get you right on air. 627-7979. That's 627-7979. Wealthway Financial Advisors is the proud sponsor of Dollars and Common Sense. We are an independent registered investment advisor, which means we're legally held to a fiduciary standard to put our client's interest ahead of our own in any business dealing. And that's the way it should be when you work with a financial advisor. As the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. So by design, we can't work with everyone. We work with a relatively small group of high net worth individuals. But that's one of the reasons we feel so strongly about coming here every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m. And that's to help as many people in the Hampton Roads listening area as we can achieve your measure of financial success. Because it is a core belief at Wealthway Advisors that the overwhelming majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial security. They choose it as a choice. Because it takes some time, it takes some effort, and it takes some knowledge. We are here to help. you got to take that first step, though. Pick up the phone, give us a call, 627-7979. Whether you want to talk about anything having to do with the investment markets, the economy, insurance products like life insurance, health insurance, property casualty, taxes, tax planning, tax, redu- tax reduction strategies, retirement planning, retirement plans, 401ks, 403bs, TSP 457, IRA, Roth IRAs, mortgage options, social security strategies, or estate planning, wills and trusts. All that and more falls under the umbrella of personal finance. We are here to discuss tonight, 627-7979. Good evening, Allison. Good evening. Happy fall. It is getting there. It is getting there. It's pretty perfect. Well, with fall comes another season for most Americans, open enrollment season. Woohoo! Yeah. So um, most people, most American workers at this time are facing open enrollment, are needing to make a number of decisions when it comes to benefits. Um, I didn't. I was surprised to, to find this, that the typical um, number of decisions an employee has to make during open enrollment is over 17 benefits. Mm, mm, that is a lot. Yeah. Um. I mean, you think normally of Health insurance, life insurance, mm-hmm. um, well, you'll be disability, dental, disability. Vision. I guess those all add up. Yeah. yeah. And then you get into your company retirement plan. True. Um, am I going to contribute? Yes or no? The answer to that, by the way, is yes. Mm-hmm. Um, how much am I going to contribute once I contribute? Um, you know, What am I going to do with the contributions that go there? So, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. you start thinking about it. it does it. And then spouse. Am I going to have my spouse on my benefits? What about beneficiary designations on the uh, retirement plan? You know, now that 
It know, does add up. Now it, we, and it's yeah. a lot of decision-making responsibility in somewhat of a, a short window or short time frame. And a lot of these things uh, feed directly into protecting your financial well-being and your your physical, your health. So it is important to take some time to make sure you understand your options and you're making the best decision for you and your families and you're maximizing your workplace benefits. So a couple tips, things to watch out for or some um, best practices, I guess, when you're making the decisions during open enrollment. Don't be scared off by high deductible health plans. Mm -hmm. There was a study done recently of employees and the research found that most employees were naturally biased against high deductible health plans just simply because of the the title high deductible mm -hmm. health plan so it just mm -hmm. sounds scary well and it's also the way that it's talked about and how it's marketed um you know especially with the um you know the government the, the plans on the government insurance marketplace healthcare.gov when you label something gold silver and bronze well we're Americans. Mm. We don't, you know, we don't go for go we don't go for bronze. We go for gold. <laughs> but and and the gold are low deductible health plans, and then the bronze are high deductible or higher deductible health plans. So there's this perception that just because there's a high deductible, it's a bad insurance plan, and that is absolutely not true. The the deductible is a very personal choice that should be selected based on your lifestyle and how you use healthcare services. Yeah, so most employees will have the option to choose from a PPO or preferred provider organization plan or a high deductible health plan. The PPO option usually has a lower deductible so you would pay less out of pocket when you use healthcare services but it comes with higher monthly premiums. So you're paying more out of pocket every single month whether you use healthcare or not. Versus the high deductible health plan has a higher deductible, so you pay a little bit more out of pocket when you use healthcare, but lower monthly premiums. Mm -hmm. So the decision between a high deductible health care plan and a PPO should be based on your use of mm -hmm. the health care system and your financial situation. Right. So people who are reasonably healthy and who are responsible users of the health care system, meaning you don't run to the doctor with every runny nose and little sniffle and little minor tummy ache and things like that. Um, for people who are low users of healthcare services, then most likely you could benefit greatly by a high deductible health plan with a lower monthly premium. And while accidents can happen to anyone at any time, you still have the protection with a high deductible health plan against the catastrophic, against the um, emergency room visit with the ambulance ride and two days in the uh, intensive care unit type of thing. You know, you're still protected from the catastrophe of high medical expenses like that. But you have to be willing to assume some of the risk on the lower end 
of um, the cost structure so that when you do go for an office visit and um, there might be some extra tests or some uh, another procedure, you will pay a little bit more out of pocket, but you also benefit from the bulk buying discount that a well-designed insurance plan will provide you even with a high deductible. So again, if, if you are a relatively uh, low user of healthcare services, then a high deductible health plan could benefit you uh, greatly from a financial perspective. Yes, and that coupled with an appropriate emergency fund is a really good plan mm-hmm. for, I would say, most people. If you have your typical emergency fund, which, you know, general rule of thumb, three to six months worth of living expenses, that would typically be more than enough to cover the deductible should some sort of emergency arise. And that is what an emergency fund is for, Mm -hmm. some really unexpected, um, I guess, expense, not oh, the iPhone 13 just came out as an emergency. (laughs) That's what it's for, though. That's what your emergency fund is for. And one of those things is paying deductibles on your car insurance, your homeowner's insurance, or your health insurance. And that's why it's always the first fundamental building block of a solid financial plan or financial uh, infrastructure for your family is to build up that emergency fund because that will be... Uh, your catch-all for these types of unexpected expenses. Plus, it will give you peace of mind and allow you to sleep well at night to know that you have the basics covered. So, right, emergency fund coupled with a high deductible health plan, um, you know, is a solid insurance plan. But what's even better is coupling the high deductible health plan with a health savings account. Yes, and we can get into those details. Know, though, that the bottom line with health insurance is that there's no universal one-size-fits-all. So just keep an open mind when you're looking at your insurance options um, because you might end up overspending if you're not open to the high deductible health plan. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to pause right here, take a short break. We're going to be right back after these messages. If you want to jump in on the conversation about uh, employee benefits, uh, health insurance programs, or anything having to do with your personal financial situation, give us a call on phone lines, 627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, you can look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. All right, 627-7979 if you want to jump in on our conversation here tonight or have a question relating to your own personal financial situation, give us a call. 
uh, 627-7979. Right now we're going to go up to Newport News and speak with Rich. Good evening, Rich. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Thanks for the call. Oh, yeah, thanks for taking my call. Uh, my question is I've been hearing a lot about um, I-bonds recently, um, uh, giving um, better interest in uh, CDs, and I wanted to see uh, what your guys' opinion was on that. Thank you. Uh, Rich, what's your purpose for purchasing the I-bonds? What type of, uh, you know, how much of your money are you looking to invest in the I-bonds? Well, um, probably not more than 10 k mm-hmm. uh, Just some way to put that, that money um, that's going to give me a return better than a, um, a two- or three-year CD. Than CDs. Okay. All right. Well, then that's probably a good use uh, of that money. Um, it, it, right. We're, we are in a historically low interest rate environment. Um, the you know bank, account, bank accounts are paying less than 1%. Um, money market accounts, less than 1%. CDs, you might be able to get over 1% um, per year on when you get to a duration. Uh, it's got to be over a year, probably closer to three to five years there. Um, so you're not, no one's really earning much money at all um, on their bank savings. In most cases, that's okay. Um, if you're truly using your bank uh, as a liquidity for an emergency fund, um, so you should not try to stretch for too much more yield in any type of exotic instruments or high-yielding bonds. However, I-bonds, those issued by the federal government, have um, a, a little bit of component of fixed interest rates as well as uh, some inflation uh protection built into them. Um, so a very safe instrument and something that should uh, serve the need that you're looking for. Uh, to fill there with basically short-term money. Does that sound right? Yeah. Uh, thanks very much. I just kind of wanted to get an objective opinion on that. Thank you. Appreciate it. One little caveat there with I-bonds, my understanding is you can't cash them in in the first year. So just know that you would be locking that money up for a year. So if it is true, true emergency reserves that you never know when you're going to need, again, you might just want to keep that in the bank, even though it's not going to earn much interest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fully understand that. Thank you. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. All right, Rich. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 627-7979. You want to jump in on the conversation or have any questions about your own personal financial situation? We'll get you right on air. We're talking about open enrollment decisions and open enrollment tips and strategies. Our first tip was to not shy away from the high deductible health plan. Um, at least give it a good look depending on your health situation, your use of health care, and your financial situation. Um, a high deductible health plan combined or used in conjunction with a health savings account can be a great strategy, I think, for most people that are healthy and um, have a good financial situation. And we'll talk more about the mechanics of the health savings account and why that is such a good use of funds. Yeah, the health savings account is like a dedicated emergency fund for healthcare expenses, at least initially. Long term, 
the health savings account can actually be used as a retirement saving vehicle. But its first and primary purpose is to be that dedicated emergency fund to fill the gap of that higher deductible. So if you're willing to assume the risk of lower cost medical procedures, you're going to pay for those out of pocket because you because it, the cost is below the deductible. But the money in the health savings account is set aside specifically for that purpose, and it has some great benefits. Yeah, and, you know, before we talk about the HSA benefits, I guess I kind of want to go back to high deductible health plan because the definition of high deductible to qualify for a high deductible health plan and a health savings account is a $1,400 deductible for an individual and a $2,800 deductible for a family, which if you've got your emergency fund, if you've got three to six months worth of living expenses set aside in the bank, those numbers shouldn't scare you. Mm -hmm. Now, deductibles can be higher than that, but that's as low as they can be to qualify as a high deductible health plan, which are not that high. No, that's not that high. I think people assume it's going to be like a $15,000 deductible. because no. Yeah. But you have to have a high deductible health plan in order to use a health savings account. So something I'll throw out there right away because we get this question often. If you are on TRICARE or Medicare, you are not on a high deductible health plan and you can unfortunately not use the health savings account. Um, We get that question all the time because health savings accounts are so tax advantage. They are triple tax advantage. So really better than any other savings vehicle, even better than the Roth IRA, because your contributions are tax deductible. Your investment gains are not taxed. And the money that comes out of the account, if used for qualified medical expenses, are not taxed either. So triple tax advantage that you can't get anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And there's no uh, phase outs. You know, anyone, as long as you have a high deductible health plan, you're eligible to contribute. That that means anyone at any income level can qualify for contributions to a health savings account and get the tax deduction as long as they have a high deductible health plan. And that's a rarity under current tax code. A lot of tax benefits get capped at certain income levels. So people who make above those income levels then no longer get to receive that benefit. But currently, there is no income limit on health savings accounts. Um, so anyone at income level, um, and and specifically, the higher your income, the better the tax advantages true, it is. True, true. So individuals, if you are just one person on a high deductible health plan, you can contribute. I got I got the numbers for 2022, hot off the presses. Mm-hmm. Um, you can contribute $3,650 per year for an individual or $7,300 per year for family, so more than one family member on the plan. And individuals over age 55 can add an additional $1,000 catch-up contribution. And we recommend maxing this out even before your Roth IRA, your IRA, your 401k, if you're treating this like a long-term savings vehicle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's the other component of a health savings account. While its primary purpose is to be your health care emergency fund to cover up that larger deductible. So you can sleep easy at night knowing you have the bulk of any 
medical expenses covered. Secondary purpose of a health savings account is long-term savings growth. And so the money that goes into a health savings account can eventually be invested for growth in a mutual fund or exchange trade funds, or some people, you need even stocks, I wouldn't get that exotic, but you can uh, if you're if the company who sets up the health savings account allows it. But you can invest the proceeds for growth, uh, continue to make these contributions every year, much like an IRA. And then at age 65, you can take money out of the health savings account for any purpose. It does not have to be exclusive to health care expenses. You can take it out for any purpose. But if it's not for healthcare expenses, you do pay tax on the amount that comes out, but still a great benefit. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for right now. We're going to run, take a quick break for the news. We'll be right back after these messages. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. Welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison Debril, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, you can look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. You can also request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us at WealthwayAdvisors.com or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter. Just go to the contact page, uh, put your name and address in there, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we will get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for is just to send you the information that you request. Or if you'd like to talk it out and find out more about the inner workings of the firm, you can give us a call at our office, 456-2200. All right, 627-7979 is the studio line. So you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, jump on the phone lines, give us a call. We're talking about employee benefits tonight. It's uh, open enrollment season, and so some tips and techniques you can use to maximize those employer benefits. Yes, you might be faced with a number of decisions right now about health care, um, insurance, life insurance coverage, retirement savings, a whole host of decisions that will have an impact on your financial well-being. So we've got some tips tonight on things to look out for and some ideas on how to maximize your benefits and maximize your financial resources. The first one we talked about was not shying away from a health deduct- high deductible health plan, which if you use it in conjunction with a health savings plan can be a great strategy to make sure that you're protected from catastrophe, from major health scares, but that you're not overpaying for premiums and you're still building up a side savings account that would help you pay for any possible out-of-pocket health care costs, but also can be a bucket for spending in retirement. Mm, so I'll just throw out there, for the young and healthy, typically those that are least likely to purchase health insurance 
where if they purchase any health insurance, they, they almost always take a high deductible health plan. That's not inherently bad or wrong, but just get yourself a health savings account to pair with it and begin saving, uh, number one, primarily for unforeseen medical expenses, and then two, long-term for retirement. Yeah, in fact, if you have a good emergency fund and you can pay for small out-of-pocket co-pays or health care costs and let that money build up in the health savings account, that's a great strategy because you're making tax-free or pre-tax contributions into the health savings account and then you can take a deduction for expenses paid out-of-pocket if you itemize. So it's really the best of both worlds if you can. Yeah, just because you get a, a bill from uh, the doctor's office for 150 bucks, or you go to pick up some medication and it costs $75 doesn't mean you have to pay for it out of the health savings account. You can pay for it out of your regular bank account and keep that money uh, in, the, in the savings account and build for the future. Mm-hmm. All right, well, switching gears a little bit on to another benefit that you may have to make decisions on, and that is group life insurance. So I think many people overlook group life insurance, and life insurance planning is important. I think it's um, often maybe misconstrued, so we can maybe clear up some thoughts on life insurance planning and what you may need and what group life insurance uh, may be able to do for you. And we're going to do that after we take this caller who's calling from West Point. Janice, good evening. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Thanks for the call. Good evening. Um, I have a question about my will. I have a will. Um, My lawyer has decided she doesn't want to be a lawyer anymore. (laughs) And uh, I would like to switch it to a trust, um, but I need to know what specific things uh, might be different with a trust. I know that you don't have to go through probate, which I don't want to do. Um, I'm not planning on dying anytime soon, but you never know. Good to know. And uh, I just, uh, I just want to get it done. Okay. okay so. Commend you, Janice, for taking estate planning seriously. Not enough people do. So, well, I'm old. <laughs> well, uh, you know, as as we all, all know, we're, we're all susceptible to the getting hit by the bus. So, um, right. it's all a, estate planning is a prudent part of all financial planning. So, I just want to stress that. Uh, now, so you indicated that you think you want to trust because you want to avoid probate. Is that the primary and, or, or the only reason you want to have a trust? No, I want to make sure that uh, whatever I have left after this <clears throat> president takes everything uh, goes to my children and no one else, mm-hmm. um, unless you- I choose to put them in you know, my trust. Do you have any concerns um, if something were to happen to you today? of this money going directly to them without any strings attached? I don't believe so, but I don't want to go through probate. My husband Mm -hmm. recently passed away. He had a big trust. Um, It was very simple to do. Uh, Just some papers to sign, and that was it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for one thing, I never have had a lot of money to worry about before, so... 
And if it stays in the stock market, I probably won't have any money to worry about. Oh, come on oh, now, well, we, Janice. That's a whole other conversation. Right, I know. <laughs> well, we even talk know. about the long-term benefits of investing in equities. <laughs> come on. Oh, I love I love it. But, you know, this, this government is bound uh. and determined to take everything we have. Well, so, let me ask you this. Do you, it, you said you don't have a lot of money. I don't want a specific number. but uh, I don't is, have anything in cash. Everything is bound up in in the stock market. I have my pension uh, from the school school district, uh, which is tied up to my Social Security. So Social Security said they would not give me my husband's Social Security because, yeah. um, I guess, because it's tied up in the state and city pension. Yeah. I guess that's why. The pension offset. Mm-hmm. You said your husband had a trust. Does Are some of your assets in his trust currently? No, because they're all mine now. Okay, so you took them out of the trust. Yes. Okay. Um, but they are in investment accounts, it sounds like. Not much cash, all in investment accounts. Yes. Okay. Are they in IRA investment accounts? No, I'm too old. Well, you could still have money in IRAs regardless no, of age. I had four, I had a 403B and it kept going down and down and down. <laughs> and I finally switched to the to a uh, a bank and it kept going down and down and down and they wanted me to, I said I'm going to pull it out. They wanted me to pay a whole bunch of money to pull it out. Sounds like an annuity yeah. there at a bank, probably. Yeah. 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 Okay. So anyway, I don't have a 403B. Yeah. I just have money in stocks. I have a lot of money in stocks. Okay. Oh, do you have less than $10 million in stocks? Uh, pretty close. Oh, all right. Well, very okay. nice. Then there could be an estate tax issue. Yeah. Well, we'll say this very generally to start. If all of your money is in an investment account, it is possible to add beneficiaries to the investment account so that it would transfer at your passing. It would transfer right. directly to your beneficiaries and not go through the probate process without the use right. of a trust. Right. Oh, okay. Well, that mm -hmm. would be nice. Yeah. So just know that that option exists and it's very quick and it's costless essentially um, and by quick i mean a matter of weeks uh, or well, maybe a month that. that the money can transfer to your heirs who are properly listed as beneficiaries on an account and anybody okay, who is listed as a beneficiary supersedes comes before any instructions in a will or a trust well all right then because i do have i do have one of those um, one of my investments is a um, Virginia tax-free bond, and it is uh, transfer on death. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That is exactly what it's called when you have a brokerage account or sometimes a bank account. The transfer on death is the way to add a beneficiary. So if you have transfer on death on all of your investment accounts, probate is not a concern um, for those assets. 
okay, well, I don't have it on all of them, so I guess I better put it on all of them. Yes, that would be one option. And then, you know, you you already kind of said you don't mind if the money goes directly to them. So that is the most cost-effective, quickest way to ensure that your assets would pass directly to your beneficiaries at death without the extra cost and administration of a trust. Now, a trust could be a good strategy for other reasons. I, mean, I haven't heard you say anything that would um, suggest a trust would be needed, but if your assets grow above, I guess, the estate tax exemption, which is like 11.6 million, um, then there may be some other reasons for trust planning. Well, if it gets that high, I'm staying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, good idea. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, this is just, it's ridiculous what, what they're trying, what the government's trying to do in their estate taxes and capital gains and you know do we want to starve everybody not that i couldn't use to lose a little weight but (laughs) (laughs) well just know janice that you have some options here outside of a trust that sounds like could accomplish most of your objectives um we're not antitrust trust we just most people think they need a trust when they don't really need a trust well i just don't want to spend a lot of money trying to find another lawyer and paying another lawyer yeah well it doesn't hurt to you know go have a checkup with an estate planning attorney which we always recommend especially if you know you're going through some flux here with the passing of your husband um it would uh, be a good idea to go uh get a second opinion, you know, from uh, an attorney to express your desires and your wants and then, you know, find out that find out what the response would be back. But just know that a state uh, a trust comes with more costs to set up and actually more importantly, a lot more administration to properly fund and stay on top of while you're alive. It will help smooth the estate planning process for your heirs if you had a complex estate or you had complicated wishes on what you wanted to do with your money. So that's where the benefits can come in. But uh, like Allison said earlier, you know, a beneficiary designation on a lot of those accounts could probably accomplish what you're looking for a lot faster, a lot easier, and a lot cheaper. Well, now, does a beneficiary have to be in the state of Virginia? No. Okay. If they're executors of the will, do they have to be in the state of Virginia. They don't have to be. It would be probably easier for them to administer administer the estate if they were in the area. But, you know, if you do put beneficiary designations on most of your assets, then the executor would only be probating anything that didn't have a beneficiary. So maybe just your your house. house. Yeah, or personal effects. Exactly. Okay, well, mm-hmm. maybe I should just list all the things I want my children to take and they don't want <laughs> and put that in there, too. You, you absolutely can do that. When it comes to personal effects like that, ha- having a separate list of um, who you would like to get, uh, you know, your special earrings or the uh, the furniture <laughs> that's been passed down through generation. Um, yeah, you, the, we find that the more specific people are, the less confusion it causes 
the Yes, but they the don't want them. <laughs> yeah, maybe well, tell them to go through the house and put a sticky right. note. I heard of that one time where someone was like, come and put a sticky note on anything you want. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm, I'm having a tag I sale. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, that's uh, a big load off my mind, quite frankly. So um, Good. I appreciate it. And I'm glad you're on. And I try to listen every time you're on. All right. Well, thanks thank a lot, you. Janice. We appreciate the phone call. 627-7979. We'll be on in two more weeks, by the way, on Tuesday, October 26th as, at 6 p.m. as usual. But right now, we're going to step aside for a quick break. We'll be right back after these messages. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. Welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison Debril, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, you can look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com, where you can also request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us. Or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in there, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. I want to remind everybody, our next show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, October 26th at 6 p.m. as usual. However, you can also catch this show as a rebroadcast on this Saturday morning coming up uh, sometime between 7 a.m. and noon. So if you're listening to us on Saturday, we are not live. Hold those calls until Tuesday, October 26th. Or if you can't listen to us live or as a rebroadcast, you can get this show as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe and listen anytime, anywhere. All right, 627-7979. If you want to give us a call on the studio line, jump into the conversation here. Tonight we're talking about employee benefits and some tools you can use to maximize those benefits. Yeah, we talked at length about health insurance and health savings plans, but let's switch gears a little bit and talk about group life insurance. So... Let's start with the purpose of life insurance. The purpose of life insurance is to replace an income stream. So it's to protect those who rely on your income to live. So that could be a spouse and it uh, very well could be a child. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's not the sole purpose of paying off all of your debts or paying off your mortgage or long-term savings. So I just want to kind of clear the air about the, the, the most important purpose of life insurance. It's to replace an income stream. And another general comment, if other people in your household aren't producing income, then they probably need little to no life insurance on their lives. So it's rare that your children would ever require any life insurance coverage. Uh, and then depending on your spouse, whether uh, he or she works in or out of the home, 
uh, how much income that they bring in might determine the, the amount of life insurance coverage there. But as Allison said, primary purpose to protect an income stream, not your actual life. And, you know, how much life insurance coverage you need, well, that's very personal. Depends on your family situation, like Kevin just said. Depends on who's earning what, how many dependents you have. I'll give you a real general rule of thumb. Just know any rule of thumbs are just that, just a general rule of thumb that it is smart to partner with a financial advisor who can do comprehensive financial planning for you and help you determine the the real true need for life insurance. But a general rule of thumb is think about having five to 10 times your annual income in life insurance coverage. So that's kind of a a real basic formula to use. And that may, that number then may be increased or decreased depending on if you're wishing to be able to send your children to college or... How much other savings you have built up. Yes, yes, good point. So um, life insurance should be a temporary need. If you're doing your financial planning properly and saving and building your nest egg, you should only need life insurance during those early years when you're trying to build up your nest egg. And that's why getting life insurance through your employer, if offered, is a great way to get the coverage you need. Because with group coverage, you don't have to go through underwriting usually at all and you usually get pretty inexpensive rates so it's that's the first stop the first place to check for coverage when you need life insurance coverage is to see what is provided to you automatically most a lot of employers will provide some sort of benefit and then see what you can purchase as supplemental coverage for you and your spouse if your spouse needs coverage as well just know that in most cases though that life insurance coverage ends when your employment at that company ends as well. There are some exceptions to that, and in some cases you can port that insurance with you, meaning take it with you, but uh, it's not a requirement that that is the case, and employers have to offer that benefit to you. Or, they, well, they may not offer it to you. It has It's sort of an add-on type of benefit. Mm-hmm. And we're getting down to the, the last few minutes of the show, but I do just want to mention, watch out for other voluntary benefits. Um, More specifically, you may have the option for things like hospital indemnity, critical illness, accidental death and dismemberment, um, all sorts of different, very specific, very niche insurance coverages. Make sure you know what they cover and, and make sure that they are appropriate to you. Even if they're not much cost, you may not need every single insurance that's offered in your group plan. Right. Life insurance is almost a a definite at some point over some person's, at most people's lives, especially when they have a family. Disability insurance also is another one that is often overlooked but frequently needed uh, more so than life insurance. But those other niche ones, very low probability of use, probably aren't going to use them. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Remember, for more information about Wealthway Advisors, check us out online, wealthwayadvisors.com. For certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, 
I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We'll be back in two weeks on Tuesday, October 26th. You've been listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. The program was sponsored and paid for by Wealthway Financial Advisors. We are solely responsible for its content.